Hello, Hardies, and welcome to the Hardies Hotline, your connection to Hope Valley, hosted by Caroline, myself, Cami, and Casey. Thanks to Brian Bird for letting us use the music on our show. Now grab that paprika-filled shepherd's pie and sit back and relax. Here we go. Welcome back, Hardies, to the Hardies Hotline, your connection to Hope Valley, I'm your host, Casey, and today we are here to talk about Wayne Calls the Heart Season 1, Episode 6, These Games. And boy, are some games being played. Let the <laughs> games begin, but before we get into that, let me just read you the summary really quickly. Elizabeth is feeling caught between overprotective Jack and new minor Billy Hamilton, but when Jack tells her he has proof Billy lied to her, Elizabeth decides she's had enough. Abigail suggests Jack try a gentler approach to reach Elizabeth. Let the games begin! <laughs> Let the games begin, indeed. And Hardy's. We've tried lots of different methods, and tonight we are going to have some fun. You will see a theme. We've decided we're going to do a little theme tonight. We're going to do a little boxing match between Jack Thornton and Billy Hamilton. But before we get into these games, see what I did there? <laughs> ding, ding, ding! <laughs> I just want to shout out a couple of our friends friends here at edify films you can get merchandise from edify films right now such as the hats and the shirts and everything when calls the heart including puzzles and um cookbooks and dvds and masks and all the things so go check them out and then also our friends at the bundle game have a special code for you if you use Hardy's hotline to buy yourself a win calls to her bundle game. So make sure you go ahead and check bundle game out and check out Edify Films. Thanks guys. Let's get into the episode. We are going to segue first into the triangle of DeWitt, Mary, and Caleb. So Last time, there were a lot of unfinished storylines, and this storyline was one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we start off with DeWitt and Mary at church, and what did you guys think about Mary and DeWitt's conversation about um, how Mary's like, you know, I, I really like you, but I also have my son, and he comes first. Like, what did you guys think about that? Yeah, like, he's so patient, like, I'm sure like most men wouldn't have like been okay with like dealing with the son, you know, but like, he's just so sweet. He is, he is very sweet. It became obvious that the evening did not end well because mm -hmm. she said, I apologize for how it ended because he said, he said, she said, he said, she said, <laughs> but he says to her, thank you again for a lovely evening. And she says, I don't quite know how to answer that. I'm sorry for the way it ended. Mm -hmm. So obviously things didn't end incredibly favorably. Yeah. Or it could have been one of those things where her son just commanded all the attention and she was kind of like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like off, you know. In his room. In his, doing like, getting, something. Yeah yeah drink whatever it's it's funny because i can't i can't call the man a hypocrite because he's being so incredibly amazing right now but he says i'm not so good at waiting I'm like, dude you are the epitome you are the epitome of waiting and you're doing a fabulous job no kidding <laughs> well jack advises him now he, he we'll get to jack in a little bit but Essentially, he advises DeWitt to kind of uh, talk Caleb up, you know, just kind of be sweet like honey, as a wise woman once told Jack. Oh, where so, did he get that idea? I don't know. Mm, little birdie? Little birdie told him. <laughs> but DeWitt tries all of these things. He, like, he tries to go fishing with him. He tries to, like, give him, like, tips on the fishing, tips on, the, on you know, stickball, baseball knuckle he to throw the knuckler he, and then he even does the he, he gives him one of his he gives him one of his lures 
And mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. lures take forever, especially back in 1910. Mm-hmm. And so for him to give him a lure, that's that that was I think that's a bigger deal than we realize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, DeWitt is doing all of these things, trying to basically bribe Caleb into liking him, liking him. And you can't help but feel bad for him because he's just so nice. Like, how can you be, how can, how can you be mad at somebody like that, you know? Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, Caleb is being awfully stubborn. He is. But, you know, an 11-year-old kid is going to want what he wants. And yeah. just like he said to his mother, you can't make me like him. Tell him to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're dead set against somebody, yeah. then you're going to find ways to get angry. Right. Especially yeah. if you think that that person's trying to replace your dad. Because at this exactly. point, exactly in this situation that's all Caleb is seeing he's just seeing this male mm-hmm. figure who's trying to court his mama and trying to be the man of the house over Caleb and you know that that's hard that's hard when a, a new person steps into your life and you have that perspective because they haven't had that conversation yet like Mary hasn't said anything about De- like they didn't talk about DeWitt they were saying mm-hmm. it was he just, just about- showed up yeah um like there was no reassurance <laughs> He showed up after James's introduction. That'd scare yeah. anybody off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the one thing that I noticed too is during the game, um, the egg toss, mm-hmm. um, Caleb, and this is the part where I did feel really bad for him. When they're doing the egg toss, he, they're doing a really good job. They're catching it. They're throwing it. All these things. Uh, and DeWitt has finally, he's cracked Broken that door through. open just enough just enough to start gaining that trust crack the shell but Caleb gets distracted by the other man saying um hey son or something come like on, that son. yeah come on son you can do it and obviously DeWitt's not paying attention to that he's just so focused on Caleb he's very he's got blinders on so he's right. not paying attention to the other ones but well, he probably know, didn't, he probably he didn't, didn't even it. hear him. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking he didn't hear him. Yeah. So like when Caleb like gets distracted by that line and then he like just flips, I, I felt bad for him because it's like a trigger, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. You know, I and, felt bad. And they, and the dads like didn't like, they died like recently, you know, like mm-hmm. within months. So like maybe if it was like a longer time in between, like he might've been a little bit better, but this is like still fresh in his mind. Like my dad died, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. So I, got well, de- and- I de- feel bad for him. Well, and according to all accounts, his dad was amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. That he absolutely idolized his mm-hmm. father. And yeah. so mm-hmm. that this man is smaller. He's more mild mannered. Mm-hmm. He's not as strong. He has different strengths. Yes. You know, it's, and it, it's just different. Mm-hmm. And kids don't like different, especially when it's this fresh. Yes. Mm -hmm. And in Caleb's mind too, if you remember the egg toss in his mind was father and son. It Mm -hmm. wasn't until DeWitt said, oh no, he said men and boys. So hearing, hey son, and then it's almost you're backpedaling. You're like, oh, you, and I can see in Caleb's mind, he's like, you totally lied to me to get to play this game with me. Cause like, look at all the other fathers and sons here, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, in Caleb's mind, in his very yeah. young mind. So yeah, there's just a lot there for poor Caleb. But um, then we have the tug of war in which Caleb roots for the red team. I don't, first of all, first of all, you I don't care if you don't like DeWitt, but come on, Mountie Jack is on the red team. I mean, on blue team. <laughs> He's on the blue team. Can we at least- How dare you team? root against Mountie Jack? How dare you? <laughs> Well, and just, I mean, it's one thing to kind of fluff him off or, you know, shoo him away like a fly, but that was just mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was rude. That was just mean and rude. And you didn't say things like that to your elders back then. Yeah. And it, 
I mean, it's a lot more common now. It shouldn't be, but mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But you, you didn't say things like that back then to an adult. And for him yeah, to true. just, for him to just be that, that cruel to mm-hmm. him, just, just to jab him a little further. Yeah. It, it's just that, that was, that was not good form. Bad yeah. form, Caleb, bad form. That was very below the belt. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Very below the belt. Um, however, oh, what, re- really quick, really quick. Can I say something really fast? Sure. So I interviewed Laura Bertram for my blog a, a while back and she said something so interesting about that scene. She said that when Caleb walks off, he, he kind of is going in one direction and Mary starts walking and Laura saw this whole situation as a, uh, a fork in the road. Mm. And so she starts walking and instead of she was, she was, instead of following after Caleb, she starts walking the other way. It's almost as if she's choosing her future path. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I thought, wow, that's, I mean, I, I know what it is to go into a scene and look for context and all that, but that was two seconds. Yeah. And, you know, for her to dig that deep over two seconds of footage, I, I just, my, my mind was blown. I went, wow that's incredible. And so I went back and I watched that scene after we talked and I said, yep, she definitely Mm -hmm. leans a little bit more that way. I did notice that too. And I was wondering if it was a symbolic. It was, there's your answer. (laughs) We'll have to link that blog in the comments. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So we have had a very rocky situation for Caleb and DeWitt and Mary, but, but it's okay because everything becomes clear as day. Um, DeWitt is, he understands the situation. He, I mean, he was also once a young boy. He finds Caleb and he apologizes for overstepping, Um, but yeah, I got, I got to say, this heart-to-heart between Caleb and DeWitt is just so incredibly moving. And it makes complete sense because we find out that DeWitt didn't have a dad growing up. So he's it's almost like he, because he didn't have a dad, now he could go one of two ways. He could be a complete jerk or he can overcompensate. And in this situation, mm-hmm. he completely overcompensated mm-hmm. because he didn't, he didn't have I've been playing figure. pretend father. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, what did you guys think about this conversation? It made me cry again. Like all of season one, different episodes made me cry. And um, it just made me cry. I just loved how they, he talked to him and like he said about his dad, he didn't have a dad growing up. And he said, but all I got from the stories I hear, your dad was one of the best. And I'm just thought that was sweet. And then finally that clicked with Caleb. And he, like, I just thought that was, it made me, it made me cry. I just loved it. I really appreciated the fact that DeWitt didn't make it about himself. I was just Mm -hmm. gonna say that. I was just Mm -hmm. gonna say that. Yes. Yeah. And he makes it about Caleb and he makes it about Caleb's dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And he does explain like, hey, you know what, buddy? I didn't have this growing up and you are so incredibly lucky mm-hmm. and I think that just really it, it switches in Caleb's mind and he realizes that he had been dealt a pretty terrible situation in the fact that his father passed away but he he had a he had him he had an amazing dad mm-hmm. you know yeah. um and so I really I just I really appreciated that like I really appreciated the fact that DeWitt wasn't like well you know I could be a great father for you and I'm a great person and mm-hmm. I can do this for you and I could provide for your mother and I care about you and I, 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 he all, he just made it about Caleb. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he took all the blame on himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He apologized. I've been playing pretend father. I envy you. Mm-hmm. You know, it. he, he took 
everything on him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he talked to, he wasn't afraid to talk about the situation with his father, but he didn't harp on him. He talked about the effect that not mm-hmm. having a father had on him and everybody around him. And mm-hmm. one thing I thought that was so interesting, we don't see, we don't see the character of Mary as the strongest of the group. Right. You know, we we look at her as the shy one. We look at her as the one who's a little bit more mousy and not gonna speak up and not as brave. And DeWitt says she wasn't talking about his mother. She wasn't strong and brave like your ma. Mm-hmm. Which in one sentence, in one sentence, he is showing how much he adores Mary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how much he thinks of her because he has built her up. And I mean, when you think about it, Mary is strong and Mary is brave doing what she is doing. We just don't think of her as Abigail, right? you know, mm-hmm. or, or even, or, or even like Florence or Carla yeah. or Kat. Yeah. We don't think of her as the really strong one putting forth all of that bravery. We don't think of her mm-hmm. as that, but she has her own uh, bravery and her own strength. And then, and then putting, putting that very last sentence, I'd give my right arm for a family like yours. He was oh. asking for permission mm-hmm. to be a part of the family. And to, oh my gosh. Just waterworks. waterworks. I know. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's just, it just goes to show the amazing writing yeah. of mm-hmm. these kind of difficult topics because it could have Absolutely. been written completely differently and we could have had a different outcome. Um, but there's just even and even though it's not a major storyline, um, you know, four one calls the heart. It is. It has very, a major effect. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's very impactful. Yeah. Um, and then Caleb invites Mr. Graves over for some pie. Completely oh, surprising, so Mary. Mary was like, "Oh, hey, Caleb. Oh, <laughs> hello, <laughs> Let me like." get the pies and the desserts and everything but I I also love the fact that um Caleb's like hey Mr. Graves my mom makes the best pie <laughs> it's so don't cute. take the shortbread go for the pie, <laughs> the pie. And, I mean and the first thing that DeWitt says when they walk in the door I don't want to be any trouble Mary mm-hmm. you 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 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he is, he is one great guy. He is. I mean, he's the kind of person that you wish were walking down the street nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. just yeah. amazing person. Amazing man. Yes. And I mean, we'll see more of them up until season two. But since they're a focus right now, let me ask you guys a question. Um, yeah. What would you like? What would you have liked to see? Um, happen for Mary and DeWitt had they stayed in Hope Valley oh my gosh a family (laughs) (laughs) I have more kids you know I just want everyone to have kids in Hope Valley Valley. bring on all the babies (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) I would I would have loved to see Laura helping out in the cafe more because Mm. they had that little bit they had that little bit of her taking a job when I think Clara was away in season two Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and she's such that you know they talk about what an amazing cook she is and what an amazing baker she is Mm -hmm. and I just think that it would have been fun to see her helping out in the cafe but just another beautiful in love happy couple in hope valley yeah you know mm-hmm. it's we we don't we don't see enough of those in my opinion because yeah, well, we don't because there can never be enough you know there can never be enough happy couples everywhere you know? <laughs> yeah 
and I feel like you could do so many more storylines too with like a married couple because you always have like the new couples you have the young married and like the young in love couples you have right. the couples that just got married they would be like the I don't want to say the the old married couple but compared to everybody else I would have loved to see Dwit be part of the bromance <laughs> with the dudes <laughs> in Holt Valley yeah. <laughs> he, he had he when he was helping with the church he and even with jack and his conversation with him at the the bar yeah they had such great um like bro chemistry That's yeah. Yeah, like yeah. i don't know how else to put it but like he just fit right in Romance. he did he I did think, absolutely and i think it's because his personality is um he's much he's a little more quiet introspective he's got a very calming influence he, he's very calm um mm-hmm. he, he like kind of like lee but lee lee is a lot um more extroverted i would say in that matter yeah. but i, I was feel gonna like say he's like lee yeah i feel like mm-hmm. they would have all really gotten along and like i feel like dewitt and lee could have been like i don't know the timber kings or, you know, De- dewitt would have been dewitt would have been a great employee for lee because yeah. lee's more Lee's more the leader, but DeWitt is kind of a right-hand man, yes. or, man or manager kind of person. Yes. So yes. They, I think they would have done really well together. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's yeah. afraid of the big black hole, the big black hole, the big black <laughs> hole. <laughs> the Graves family, come back to Hope Valley. We miss you. Yes. I heard- um, I heard Neil Fernley, I believe, mm-hmm. talking. I, mm-hmm. I saw a video of him talking to a group of of Hardys at the uh, at the Hardys family reunion. I can't remember what year it was, mm-hmm. but he said, "I know that all of you are wondering why you didn't see more of the children and the boys, especially. They grew up too fast. They got mm-hmm. too tall. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I just went." So what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Now it would make sense as to why Caleb's like a grown kid. <laughs> you know, yeah. bring him back. Yeah. Um, that's just that is definitely one family I would love to see in future seasons. At least maybe stop mm-hmm. by. It could be like a yeah. two episode arc. Maybe they're mm-hmm. traveling back west or back east, or or, or maybe they never left. They just yeah out again. Yeah, yeah. surprise. <laughs> We're here. Surprise! We've been out here the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hardys, let us know what you guys think about the Graves family. Let us know what you think about uh, Mary DeWitt and Caleb. What are they up to now? Let us know. Okay, you guys, it is now time. We need to bring out the boxing gloves. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Round Hard- one. Hardys, we have a little boxing match going on between Billy Hamilton and Jack Thornton. And there are lots of points, lots of digs, lots of jabs, lots of right hooks, lots of karate chops going on here. So we're going to have a little fun today. (laughs) We are going to have a little fun today. We're going to go and play, do a play-by-play of the whole Billy Elizabeth Jack triangle. Welcome to bear versus skunk cammy let's go through round one corner number one billy the skunk hamilton corner number two constable jack bear thornton let's get ready to rumble thornton goes in for a quick one-two punch when he gets thatcher alone But Thatcher comes right back at him with a jab to the face with the snare of did you, did you look into everybody else's history or just Billy's? Then Thornton comes in with a tiny little jab to the gullet being incredibly pleasant. But then Hamilton tags Thatcher out, comes right back in with a jab to the face of his love for geology. And the crowd boos, boos. Round two. Ding, 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 ding. Take us through round two, Casey. We have here 
Mr. Billy Hamilton and Mr. Jack Thornton at the bar of the saloon. <laughs> Things are ramping up in the boxing ring here and Mr. Jack Bear Thornton decides he is going to buy a round of drinks for Mr. Billy Hamilton. Point for Thornton. Things are not as they appear. And what Billy doesn't see is he's got a left hook coming to him when Jack Thornton notices that his watch has different initials. And BH, there's one thing that Jack is not accounting for. And it is the fact that Billy says he has the upper hand and he's gonna steal the heart of Miss Elizabeth Thatcher. Sucker punch to the face! We've got here lots of points being swung around. Right now it looks as though there is a tie. Will there be a tiebreaker in round three when we go to the cake auction? Cammy, take it away. Round three, ding, 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 ding. Oh, oh goodness, folks, it's getting heated now. We don't know which blows are being jabbed by whom. We got $1, we got $175, we got $2, and finally, we get the we get the jab to the face with the $3. Thornton's um... down, Thornton's down, but oh, oh, no, he's, he's getting back up. He's getting back up, and he comes back for a tug of war. Oh, Thornton's holding his own. Keep pulling, Jack, keep pulling, but no! Thornton is down again. Is he getting back up? Is he getting up? Oh, 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 he's, he's staggering, he's staggering. Hamilton comes at him again, but he gets out of the way. He's up, he's up, folks, he's up. Round four for Casey. Billy Hamilton thinks he's got it in the bag, but what he doesn't know is that he is being accused of being a thief by Mr. Jack Thornton. Jack has his accomplice, Mrs. Cat Montgomery, and they have set a trap for Billy Hamilton. So, middle of the night, the stakes are getting higher. We see a shadowed figure climbing into the window of Cat Montgomery's home. And there's the takedown by Jack Thorne. And we see fists going around. And we see bodies being slammed on the ground. And we see punches. And we see rolling. And we see spectators coming out of their houses at night to see who is there. And Kat says she thinks it's Billy Hamilton. But the face appears. And it is not Billy Hamilton. And there goes Jack Thornton's good name because he has wrongly accused somebody of stealing. We continue on in Mr. Billy Hamilton because he's big stuff right now. He did not steal. He has a good name. He's got his little shoulders padded back. And he thinks he's got, he thinks he's got this in the bag. He is going to win the hearts of Miss Elizabeth Thatcher. And he goes and he mentions that. She must have grown up with two sisters because she's grown up with such female tenderness around her and that she is like a red, red rose. But what he doesn't realize is Miss Elizabeth Thatcher is onto him and she is about to take out her secret weapon. She is saying to him that she's been disinherited. Poor Elizabeth. Poor, poor Elizabeth has no money. Bless her heart. Her dream has, to, has been to go up to the North and educate the uncultured. And what does Billy say? Wherever you go, I will go. Unbeknownst to Billy Hamilton, Elizabeth thought to him. And that concludes round four. Who's gonna win? Will it be Billy? Will it be Thatcher? Will it be Thorin? We don't know. Until Cammy, you share what happens in round five. The stakes are at its all-time highest. What's this, folks? What's happening? Thatcher is crossing the line over to Thornton's 
outside and they're shaking hands. I think we have an alliance formed. She tags, she tags Thornton. He goes in. It's just Thornton and Hamilton face to face. The face off begins. Hamilton has the advantage. He's on the higher ground. But what he doesn't know is the Mountie's got the strategy of the century. He gets knocked to the ground and... It's Thornton for the knockout! version of the bear, the skunk, and the deer. Boom! There you have it, folks. The boxing match of Billy and Jack. We've had, we had a lot of fun randomness coming up with that, but let's dive into a little, let's go into a little deep dive here. Um, so let me ask you guys a question. This question came up to me as I was watching this episode, trying to watch it with a critical eye. Is Billy Elizabeth's first beau? Mm. Like, like the just the, not. I mean, obviously, we don't know. She could have had suitors in Hamilton all lined up, but just the way she's acting in these in these last two episodes, she acts as though she's never had a boyfriend. <laughs> she's like she's just very captivated, and very charmed, and very like wide eyed and bushy tailed, hanging on to every word he's saying. Up until mm-hmm. obviously the end, but what do you guys think? That it, it seems like if, even if it's not her f- like first one, it might be like still new to her. You know, like this is her first adult, you know, relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's her first one. She hasn't. She hasn't had legions of suitors. She hasn't. Uh, her younger sister uh has had more suitors than she has we find that out later mm-hmm. but she is still the second daughter of the most powerful and most wealthy ship uh shipping tycoon mm-hmm. in in uh east in eastern canada so i'm uh, i maybe even the country Mm-hmm. So I would venture to say no. This is not her first. Uh, this is not her first bow. However, like Caroline said, this is the first time that a man has shown interest in her on her own. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I I still remember the first time I got asked out on a date in college. Very, very different. I don't know. There was something about the fact that I was on my own, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but it, but very, very different being asked out in college than it was being asked out at home mm-hmm. uh, yeah. when I was in high school. Yeah. So that might have something to do with it. The fact mm-hmm. that the the fact that she is experiencing this for the first time out on her own outside of and, society and outside of yeah proper- that's what I was just gonna say you read my mind it he's not a society man mm-hmm. who is trying to court her properly and all mm-hmm. that you know she's trying to break away from all that so he's a man who is showing a very overt very overt interest mm-hmm. in her and but he's everything that she w- he he's not everything that she was trying to get away from mm-hmm. so you know and things are rocky with her and jack because i think that she very much wanted jack to be her first bow oh, even yeah. with even with the argument that, or not the not her first bow on her own right but but when he said he was a confirmed bachelor, it was kind of like a, oh, mm-hmm. oh, well, fine. You, you saw that switch mm-hmm. when he said he did Mounties don't have wives. Mm. Yes, you saw that huge switch. And so I think that she was just thinking, okay, fine. Well, <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> moving on <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah interesting conversation there the next question I have for you guys is Jack's visit to Abigail mm-hmm. <laughs> Abigail was his coach in the corner rubbing yeah. his shoulders <laughs> okay Thornton you got this you know? <laughs> I find it very interesting like it, it's 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 interesting because Abigail she's older she's wiser she's a mom I mean, she you know she had Peter when right. he was still alive and stuff um but I appreciated the fact that she she didn't beat around the bush with him she was just like listen you catch more flies with honey than vinegar what do you guys think about this relationship that Jack and Abigail are now forming oh it's perfect oh, I love it yeah yeah it, it's, so it's, sweet. The, it's the perfect it's the perfect outlet mm-hmm. because he can't talk to elizabeth that way yet mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. you know in later episodes they have a very comfortable and confiding relationship but not right now mm-hmm. and you know abigail becomes that big sister mother type of figure mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. can you know that if he were if he were in high school in modern times you know it would be okay now what is she like how do I get her attention oh, okay why did she say that to me what do you know you know <laughs> he's getting the scoop yeah he's getting the scoop on her so yeah it's the perfect way it's the perfect way. I just have to, I have to tell you, I was so, so sad when I saw this because it's not in the episode. In the, uh, in the preview for the season pilot, the season one pilot, when it was first coming on to air, I looked it up and in that scene, there's just a couple of lines that go back and forth between them. And Jack, I can't quote it word for word, but Jack says something to the effect of, why does everybody keep saying that I'm attracted to her? And Abigail says, perhaps because you give them cause. And when I saw that, I just went, oh, why didn't they put that in the episode? That is perfect. (laughs) I loved, I loved that. And I so wish that they had put it in the episode, but they probably cut it because of timing. Yeah. Yeah. I think there were some other things too in that scene um, that had been cut. Cause I feel like I remember something way back when seeing like, there was definitely more dialogue going on there Mm -hmm. between Jack and Abigail, but yeah. Yeah. Jack. I mean, remember last week we were basically saying Jack foot in mouth, Thornton. Yeah. Need (laughs) to stop it. (laughs) this was his intervention (laughs) abigail abigail got the foot and just yeah yanked it out bless his heart he doesn't know oh Oh, dear jack dear dear jack um another another point i wanted to talk about um the whole the whole the the thievery thing Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it fair for Jack to automatically call Billy out and assume that he was the one stealing everything? Like, did Jack have enough cause? Obviously, he had to do his job and catch the thief, but he wasn't, he was doing it, in my opinion, very biasedly. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that too. Like, if Elizabeth didn't show interest to Billy, would he still be? like suspecting Billy as the thief you know what I mean right Mm -hmm. because there are several other there's like a dozen other miners there that are more scoundrelly and a little more shifty maybe a little more like gruff so I think that he was a little bit unfair with that I definitely think that he was put on the alert because of Billy. Uh, Remember we said last week that we often forget that it was Jack's job to make sure that Elizabeth stayed safe. Mm -hmm. We we forget even this, this close to the beginning, we forget that 
he was given a strict charge Mm -hmm. to keep Elizabeth Thatcher safe. So he's the Mountie for the whole town, but she's the reason he's there. And so maybe it was a little bit unfair, but the fact that this guy was really smooth talking and getting really close to Elizabeth, I think it was almost like he was trying to kill two birds with one stone. Mm -hmm. Here's my question. What would her father say? if he saw this interaction with Billy going on, you know, she, Mm. she says, I appreciate your concern, but I already have a father. And it hit me. What would daddy be saying? What Mm -hmm. would be saying? He is not a man of society. Get away from my daughter. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he thought he didn't like Jack. I know. (laughs) If he didn't like Jack, he is not going to like Billy. I mean, but what would father be saying if he was seeing this interaction? You know, no social media Mm -hmm. to take a picture and tag dad in it. Right. Right. So Elizabeth, um, she, she, she's, she's got a lot to learn. And one of those things that she has to learn is how to properly bake, which includes smashing eggs and burning cake. Oh, bless her heart. And also was perfect. I'm not a total beginner. Smash. (laughs) Oh, man. She takes that thing and she's like, Shack. I'm like, it's an egg. <laughs> and she doesn't know the first thing about cooking or baking. <laughs> and it makes me think of Aaron's own brownie video that she made in um, quarantine in oh, like yes, April. Yes. Soupy, the soupy yeah. brownie. Oh, bless her like, heart. Yes, bless her. <laughs> it made me think of that. It made me laugh. Oh my goodness. Not to mention the cake is like half an inch tall. Oh my gosh. And they paid three dollars. Especially after Florence's red velvet beautifully decorated and frosted cake. You got this itty bitty little thing that probably makes a sound when you put it on the plate. (laughs) And they fought for it. They did. I I will say with this cake auction, I really love that it was a callback to the original movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really liked that. I thought that was super fun. I'm I'm digressing here, but there was another callback to the original movie, which which I have missed every single time, except this time that I watched it for the podcast. When the book, when the book, the, the midwife in a book comes. Yes. Yes. She says, I read about it in my, my aunt's, aunt's journal. Yes. I went, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there are a couple of callbacks, which were really fun. Like they're little Easter eggs here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then back to the cake, when she confronts Billy and Jack and Billy, you basically smooth talks his apology and then walks away with the cake. Well, my but, favorite- but she says, stop lying Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I mean, she yeah, got like, him. Yeah, she got she him. Did. There. She got him good there. But my favorite part is when she tells Jack, "Why do you keep smiling? <laughs> Stop with all the smiling." <laughs> that made me laugh. It's just, it's such that line is just, it just reminds me of an old married couple. <laughs> Like, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just my relationship with my husband when we're just being very stubborn and he's trying to like smooth things over and he's being ridiculously nice for whatever weird reason. And I'm still in a really bad mood, you know? And you just say, cut like, it out. Stop it. Like, stop. <laughs> no, nope, you're not the only one. I am I am guilty of the same demeanor. Yeah, it's just, it just made me laugh because I was like, man, they're acting like an old married couple right now. <laughs> um, but um, so going on to Billy, I mean, Billy's time is coming to an end here. I mean, mm-hmm. he can only be so smooth for so long. But um, one thing that tips off Elizabeth is the fact that uh, Abigail starts humming um, 
my love is mm-hmm. like a red red rose as Carla is in labor and they're trying to calm Carla down enough so she can deliver the baby um and she asked Kat what's that song and you know Kat says oh it's you know a red red rose by Robert Burns etc and like this next interaction that Billy has with Elizabeth and he's still smooth talking but he mentions that she has two sisters mm-hmm. he uh, I cannot believe that he would be so careless I mean, I it's it's called guilty knowledge. We we all we all know what it is. You know, he knows it. She knows it. So he so that could have easily been missed because she could have just assumed, oh yeah, I told him. Yeah. But thank heaven she was smart enough to remember. I never told him that. But mm-hmm. you, oh, how could he have been so careless? Mm-hmm. It, he thought he had only, been back. Mm-hmm. You can only keep it, you can only keep the front so long. Yeah. You can only mm-hmm. keep it so long before the truth comes out, my friends. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and this part here is also kind of another callback to Aunt Elizabeth when she starts telling him how she wants to go to the northern parts wild. of Canada in the wild and educate the uncultured up there. Because um, now in the movies, we kind of know Elizabeth. Um, Aunt Elizabeth disappears. Right. Elizabeth and Wynne. But in the books, they go to, I think it's like the Yukon Territory, the Northwestern mm-hmm. Territories or whatever. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah. she befriends, I think, um, uh, Native Americans up there mm-hmm. and all of this. And she actually, she does, I think she does teach up there. Mm-hmm. But that is a callback to Aunt Elizabeth yeah. and her story. So mm-hmm. I love actually that. kind of a crafty way for Elizabeth to incorporate that to catch Billy in that lie. <laughs> She's smart cookie. Yes, she is. If only she had been smart a little sooner. You know, <laughs> oh. she, but then, she can only but then we wouldn't we wouldn't have a story. You yeah. know, if she if she was smart mm-hmm. sooner, then she would that we wouldn't have a story. Yeah. And I mean She's young. Other, I was gonna say, yeah, that's what I was gonna say, Caroline. I mean, Elizabeth is still so young. And yes. I think that's one thing I'm I've forgotten is watching her in seasons now. She's a completely different person. She is. She's very much, I mean, you know, and obviously that's a great thing because we don't want a character to stay stagnant, but she is very mature now. Whereas back then, season one, she's still a wide-eyed and bush-tailed, very naive, very like, you mm-hmm. know, still trying to find her way in the world still very very stubborn um you know just it's just interesting to see how her character has grown over the Mm -hmm. course of the last seven seasons but anyways billy hamilton farewell bye billy bye billy and it's by very dramatically (laughs) i mean mean, jack pulls him down from the horse in the middle of the night and punches him out just, just bam yeah. <laughs> he he takes him out and we find out too he don't that play he don't you know, he don't play uh-uh. nope but the look on billy's face seeing elizabeth behind jack yeah. oh that was golden mm-hmm. well and what's funny is up until the very last moment Billy is keeping that arrogance. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying, mm-hmm. "I he." You can tell he's panicking. Yeah, you can. You mm-hmm. can tell he's panicking, but he keeps that arrogance. I bought this horse fair and square. Fair and there, square. there ain't nothing illegal about court and a pretty, a pretty girl. girl. Yeah, and then, but then he says, "How about a car?" And Jack remains so level-headed mm-hmm. right here. Yeah, so level-headed. And how about a carpet bag recording a pretty girl for a pretty rich girl for her family's money? Well, she'd have to be rich, and that ain't the case anymore. You know, I mean, he stays arrogant until that very last moment. And then when he charges him, he is sure that because he's up on that horse and Jack is down on the ground, that he has him. And that ain't the case no more. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we find out that Elizabeth contacts Julie, her sister, and um, Billy was fired for stealing at the shipyard in Cape mm. Fullerton. And this all came out around the time that the society papers were talking about rich heiress goes west. So mm-hmm. oh, that's how Billy knew about Elizabeth and her family and who she was and all of this. So, And where she was headed. Yeah. Mm. Smart so. guy. Billy Hamilton is shipped off to goodness knows where, but he's no longer in Coal Valley anymore. So bye-bye, Billy. He's probably Um, still in a Cape Fullerton jail. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe up in Medicine Hat with all the other... Medicine Hat prison! (laughs) Chained to a wall for the rest of his miserable (laughs) life. (laughs) So the final storyline that we need to wrap up is the story of Carla. So <sighs> Carla has been in labor now for a whole episode and now we, <laughs> she's still in labor for this episode. Um, oh my gosh. She, the doctor's not back yet. They don't have a midwife. Elizabeth, you know, had a, uh, asked her father to send her the, the, uh, medicine, the medical book. Um, mm-hmm. Carla says she does not want a midwife in a book. She wants a actual real one real one which i mean i understand that oh yeah to a degree but at the same time there's been a this is 1910 and there have been several women that have had babies so also true yeah so in my mind and she's already had a son Mm -hmm. so like first pregnancy i could totally understand being like i need a real doctor here (laughs) but second pregnancy I think I would be like listen Abigail you are never leaving my side you're gonna stay right here until I have these babies um just because like I don't know there's something about other women and other moms that can like help you through these these things Mm -hmm. but anyways um Carla she is basically in labor this entire episode yeah she is panicking everybody's panicking because she says she's only seven or so months Mm -hmm. and again this is 1910 babies do not survive Mm -mm. premature babies that they're very very yeah i was i was born at seven months so like but that was 1990 so yeah and you were a triplet Mm mm-hmm and I know yeah. and so multiple uh, yeah. yeah and multiples tend to come early too yeah earlier than mm-hmm. normal but um people are very worried about Carla going into labor because there's a risk for the babies there's also a risk for her big too. time mm-hmm. um, when she but, said she didn't want to like she didn't want to die I'm like oh Carla I'm like maybe you want to cry I know Jill Morrison's emotional performance this entire episode i mean she was incredible and she's never given birth in real life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh and watching this episode you never know mm-hmm. you would never know yeah her performance is amazing and I mean, you all know that I'm terrible at recognizing actors in different movies. <laughs> I mentioned last time. It I took recognize... her a while. Yeah, it took me a while to figure out Andrew Walker was Billy Hamilton. Um, <laughs> but okay, same with Jill Morrison, because in Sign Sale Delivered as Hazel, and, and like there's another one, Baby Boot Camp, where yeah. she plays with um, Kevin. Kevin Smith. Kevin. Yeah. Um, she's so funny she's hysterical and she's so she like, has great comedic can. timing she's hysterical but this is not a funny character in when calls the heart i mean mm-hmm. this is a very emotionally driven character and you know, she's gone through a lot she's going through labor i mean with her husband she doesn't have a husband i mean there's a lot they're like props to jill man because mm-hmm she she can really hammer all the emotions like funny and dramatic it's it's Mm -hmm. pretty incredible well and when somebody can enact 
something as painful and traumatic and dramatic as childbirth without ever giving birth themselves, Mm -hmm. that is one of the marks of true talent. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, because there's a lot of pain. (laughs) There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of discomfort. There's a lot of emotional wreckage Mm -hmm. that comes with giving birth. And we, we see a little bit of that with Elizabeth later on, but not even Elizabeth went through as much on the screen Mm -hmm. as Carla does here. We see a lot more of Carla's discomfort and the trauma of Mm -hmm. giving birth to twins. And so, yeah, that, I mean, for her to give such a convincing performance of something that she has never gone through that is so physically and emotionally dramatic and draining Mm -hmm. it's it's incredible it's amazing yeah for sure well we discover she has not just one baby (laughs) she's She's not not done yet (laughs) (laughs) when abigail says she's not done yet i went oh my word i mean i knew that i knew that twins were in there because of all the talk about her size yeah but but still just when she said she's not done yet (laughs) oh man man. but carla delivers twins safely but (laughs) before we get too far um, before we wrap it up, we do have to talk about a couple of things that happen during the labor process that have nothing to do with Carla. Um, but how- it's because of her. This is what I love is it's because of the fact that she's in labor that people are able to stop by and these conversations mm-hmm. are able to happen. She's a catalyst for that, which is really great. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Jack, so before Carla delivers the twins, Jack stops by. Um, it's the next day after he wrongfully accuses Billy of stealing and he asks Elizabeth to talk and it made me kind of giggle a little bit when she's like not inside I'm like trust me you do not want to go inside right now (laughs) and when Kat walks away so awkwardly I when Jack says I have something to say to you and Kat just looks between them and they know they know they're so everybody knows everybody knows that jack and elizabeth have a thing and you think i should i should not be laughing right now but you can't help but laugh (laughs) but here jack um apologizes to elizabeth and i feel like this is the first time that we see jack kind of humble himself Mm -hmm. in that sense for elizabeth i mean second i think because because remember when he's talking latin to her (laughs) so intriguing to talk latin (laughs) but when he's talking a lot in latin to her he's saying you proved me arrow yeah but Um, i mean that's just like i don't know that's like a more different a different yeah yeah yeah. he's he's apologizing He's apologizing, but it's it's a little bit lighter and it's a little bit more on the flirty side. In this situation, when he apologizes to her, it's emotional because he hurt her emotionally. Like when she looks at him the night before and she's like, is that what you think of me? And that was like oh. a punch to the gut to Jack. Oh, huge yeah, you can see his face. Gut. Like, I like I messed up. I mean, seriously though, that's the first time that you see Jack get emotional Mm -hmm. you know and and truly downtrodden yeah where and he is I mean he might as well have been on his knees begging Elizabeth for forgiveness with the tone in his voice yeah just oh man (laughs) um and then the one thing too is he asks he doesn't just say like I'm so sorry um he also says I hope you find it in your heart to forgive me and that just speaks miles of his character because it's one thing to say that you're sorry it's another thing to ask forgiveness and like and be humble mm -hmm. yeah exactly you know 
Did you hear the music in the background during this part? Yeah, that was so good. Yeah. It's a clarinet and it's such a sad, it's a single clarinet and it's such a sad, lonely sound Mm -hmm. that you just, I mean, I am such a believer in how much music adds. Right. And and boy, did it add. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just like, okay, I need a hanky. Another thing in this moment too is while Jack is very remorseful, Elizabeth is still too proud to really acknowledge it completely because now her pride is wounded. Well, and we this just is, heard the red red rose thing. This is the moment after. Yeah. Right. Um, because she almost, it's almost like she's so proud that she just brushes it aside and she's like, I need to move up. I need to move past this. Like, mm-hmm. I can't admit it. I can't admit that you're, I can't admit you're right. And I can't acknowledge your apology because I'm still too proud because I've been caught now. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because now she's realizing that all this time she's like, how dare you, Jack? How dare you? How dare you? Why did you accuse Billy? Billy, 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 Billy. She's defending him. smiling. <laughs> And she's like, kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say she's attacked Jack, but she's really just stood up for Billy this whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Jack is now apologizing to her, which is what she's wanted. But now it's almost like in her mind, she's like, did I really want him to apologize to me? Because now I know that he was right. And he was yeah. doing all of this because he was, he was worried about me, you know? Um, but it's not until she confronts Billy and then everything is confirmed and then she goes at the end of the episode too, and she talks with Jack about it. And now they're on the even playing field. But at the very end, after the babies have been born and the two of them are holding the twins. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That melted. At, at that at that moment, I think I almost fainted. It's a good because I was pregnant at the time when I when I saw this. So good thing I was laying on the couch, but I just I mean my hand literally went to my heart as cheesy as it sounds. <gasps> He's holding a baby. They're holding babies. <laughs> sweetest scene so sweet no so sweet but that aside too that's the moment that elizabeth comes to it and she apologizes to jack but you know he's he's basically like you know what i want her under the bridge at this point but yeah he he won't he doesn't even let her finish yeah he He doesn't, doesn't he doesn't even let her finish the apology oh jack but it, it's almost like we're we're building up to something. Like we're overcoming all these obstacles, all of these communication issues. We are they're they're starting to really find their way to common ground here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just a really it's a really sweet way to end the episode. Mm-hmm. both of them finally back on common ground because again it's this push and pull with their relationship over the last six episodes now um with all these communication gaps and these personality clashes and all of this strife but now they're holding babies on common ground i was about to say goes, they're on oh. they're on common ground and it doesn't hurt that they're both holding adorable babies <laughs> i know <laughs> it's just so cute like like you're like i want them to have babies together (laughs) so next week we will have jill morrison on the podcast so that's exciting we get to hear a little bit more about her and when calls the heart and then we dive into episode seven which is (gasps) my favorite i love this episode second chances so That'll be something to look forward to, Hardy. All righty, guys. Before we wrap it up for the evening, I got some trivia for you. Oh, boy. All right. We'll start off easy because Cammy already stole this one. But what was Florence's cake? Red velvet. <laughs> Thank you, saw, Cammy. I saw you. <laughs> what is the name of one of Florence's three children? Paul, Paul Jr. Jr. Good job. Whose silver candlesticks were stolen? Marta Crockers. Oh, snap. 
What kind of pie did Mary serve? Blackberry. Blackberry. That's correct. And Sam hurt, um, Sam hurt and broke the wrist of this person in arm wrestling. Ernie Jacobs. Oh. Snap. Okay. Good job, you guys. We don't play. <laughs> we don't play. Yeah. Pay attention to all those details. I will say I was sitting on my swing outside and it was really sunny. So the screen was really dark. And then my three-year-old was like over my legs, like staring at the screen. <laughs> so I was like really hard trying to get trivia. And then she's asked, she's also asking me questions. She's like, is that girl crying mama? <laughs> is he going to cry too? And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's cute. Alrighty, hearties, we will see you back next week. Make sure you share our episode, share our social media, find us on Twitter and Instagram, and follow us there. And don't forget, hearties, as soon as we get to a thousand subscribers on both of our um, YouTube and on audio podcast, we will do a really big giveaway. So keep sharing, keep following, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.